48K News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, tens of thousands of mainlanders and refugees are to be included in the government's vaccination programme. A jury at the coroner's court rules as misadventure the death of a protester who fell from Pacific Place in 2019 and the director of broadcasting threatens disciplinary action against RTHK staff who added unapproved video footage to a TV programme. The government has announced that it will expand its COVID-19 vaccination programme to include mainlanders with two-way permits as well as refugees. Vicky Wong has more. A government spokesperson says there are some 40,000 mainland residents who hold exit entry permits and COVID-related travel restrictions mean some of these permit holders have had to stay in Hong Kong. The statement said starting from Friday, May the 28th, two-way permit holders can book the COVID-19 vaccines from one of the city's 29 community vaccination centres. Those who make an appointment will need to present their landing slips or extension of stay labels issued by the Immigration Department. The government says it's also planning to provide the vaccines for around 13,000 non-reformant claimants and refugees in Hong Kong at four to six community vaccination centres from July, but said it first needs to conduct a survey with the International Social Service to assess their intention for receiving vaccination. News of the expanded vaccination programme to include refugees was welcomed by the NGO Justice Centre, who earlier this month called on the government to provide asylum seekers with free coronavirus vaccines. The group said in a statement issued on Tuesday that this was a welcome development and that they look forward to working with the relevant stakeholders. The announcement comes amid concerns that the SAR may have to dump some COVID-19 vaccines that will soon become expired because of low vaccination rates. Selai Sun from the Society for Community Organisation, a group that supports new mainland migrants here, welcomes the move to give free jabs to two-way permit holders. She also called on the government to provide them with other medical support and follow-up treatment and charge them the same amount as residents. If they uh, need to check whether they are suitable for vaccination or not, and besides, if they, if they really have some uh, uh, side effect, whether they can have a medical um, uh, follow-up for them, because uh, in the past, actually, um, they charged the two permit visitor for the uh, medical fees quite high. It's uh, at least 10 times or more than the Hong Kong uh, people are paying for that. And besides, they, all, they only can access to the A&E service and the other service they are not allowed them to access to. A five-member jury at the coroner's court has delivered a verdict of misadventure in the death of Marco Leung, an anti-government demonstrator who fell from the Pacific Place shopping mall in Admiralty in 2019. Francis Sitt reports. The unanimous ruling came after a two-week inquest and six hours of deliberation. The jury also put forward a number of recommendations, such as empowering the police to take charge of operations dealing with suicide attempts to avoid confusion. The fire services department was also advised to consider buying smaller safety cushions that suit Hong Kong. That's after the coroner's court heard that the protester fell to the pavement just in front of a safety cushion placed by firefighters. Lern died on June the 15th, days after the first major anti-extradition rallies. He was 35. The director of broadcasting says any RTHK staff found to have slipped unapproved footage into the latest episode of the LegCo Review programme faced disciplinary action. The public broadcaster says an outside team will now produce the show after its latest edition featured a clip of a run commemorating the 1989 Tiananmen Square crackdown. Speaking to an interpreter in LegCo, Patrick Lee said the government could seek to recoup the cost of the programme. If misuse of public funds is involved, we can invoke the 
public finance ordinance. So the relevant individuals might have to pay compensation to the government. The head of the Hong Kong Journalists Association has criticised RTHK's move to hire an outside team to produce LegCo Review. Chris Young called it totally disproportionate. What's the big deal? Is there a complaint? If not, then it's even more worrying that uh, it is another case of self-censorship by the management. It gives an impression that they are finding an excuse to get rid of the uh, production team, which is quite worrying and certainly damaging to the whole station itself. If management has zero trust in the production team, it simply won't work and will cause more problems, never-ending problems. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has conceded that her administration couldn't persuade many Hong Kongers to get COVID-19 vaccines, even if it paid them. Maggie Ho reports. There have been calls for the administration to offer people cash to get jabs to help tackle Hong Kong's dismal inoculation rate. Fewer than a million of the SAR's 7.5 million or so residents have so far been fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, with concerns about side effects and the territory's low infection figures among the reasons cited by people shunning the jabs. But the refusal to heed any advice from the government also appears to be a factor in Hong Kong's reluctance to get jabs with Carrie Lam herself recently admitting that people have lost trust in her administration. Before the Executive Council meeting, she dismissed the idea of paying people to get vaccinated. To offer cash or something physical to encourage vaccination shouldn't be done by the government and may even cause the opposite effect. So all the employers in Hong Kong, whether you are a big or small enterprise or a shopping mall landlord, if you want to boost consumption, is there any way to encourage Hong Kongers to get vaccinated? Because getting the jab not only protects oneself and others, it also helps society return to normality. Mrs Lam said the government's measures should be limited to things like ensuring a sufficient supply of jabs, making it convenient for people to receive them, and offering relaxed social distancing measures for those inoculated. Mrs Lam said the government will consider dropping a requirement for some workers to have regular COVID tests if they are fully vaccinated and civil servants could be given days off after they get a vaccine. The chief executive has also defended a policy U-turn that will allow quarantine-free entry from Guangdong. Health authorities here announced on Saturday that Guangdong would be excluded from the return to HK travel scheme after a COVID case was found there. Hours later, that decision was reversed. Speaking at her weekly briefing, Carrie Lam said it wasn't fair to quarantine all arrivals from Guangdong when only a small district was affected. The mainland is such a large place and the National Health Commission manages confirmed cases with a small district-based approach. Our country in these 1.5 years has been praised or used as a good example for the world for sealing off a small district and testing everyone inside before letting them go out. So under these circumstances, the return to HK scheme should not be changed in a broad-based manner, even when considering the risk to public health, especially when many Hong Kong residents in Guangdong will be affected. Mrs Lam said from now on the SAR would follow the mainland's list of medium and high-risk places to decide where will be excluded from the return to HK scheme. Leading microbiologist Ho Pak Leung said this was a good move as Hong Kong didn't have enough information to make timely decisions on its own. 
Health authorities say community tests have uncovered two local coronavirus cases with unclear sources of infection. Wang Yinting reports. The confirmed patients are a construction worker and a domestic worker who was found to be carrying a mutant strain of COVID-19. The Centre for Health Protection says they are both asymptomatic and had tested negative for the virus in previous rounds of tests. The construction worker is a 43-year-old man who lives in Shekwa House of Shekley Estate in Kwai Chong and works at a construction site for the Changkwan O Lamtin Tunnel. A COVID-19 test he took on May the 9th came back negative, but his test at the community testing centre in Chunwan on May the 23rd was positive. The other local case is a 37-year-old domestic worker who lives at her employer's residence in Taitong Woliu village in Saikong. A test she was required to take on May the 9th came back negative, but a subsequent mandatory test on May the 22nd returned a positive result. The Department of Health says her test revealed that she was carrying the N501Y mutant strain and the E484K mutant gene. Authorities say she'd been to Fortan branch office of the Immigration Department on April the 30th and May the 11th to block eight of Villa Oceania in Ma Onshan on May the 9th and the 16th, and to Ma Onshan Park on May the 1st, the 2nd and the 23rd. The government says anyone who went to the same places that these two patients visited will need to be tested. The chief executive says the government will wait before getting district councillors to take an oath of allegiance. Carrie Lam pointed out that some were resigning and oath-taking will take place when the situation stabilises. But Southern District Councillor Paul Zimmerman told Wendy Wong that the government should set a date now. To me, that's somewhat strange. If you if you have if you have uh, feel the need that there is an oath-taking required, then there's then just do it. Uh, I think the argument of not doing it now because you wait for people to resign, I mean, uh, people, once you announce the, the date and the timing, then, uh, then people will make up their minds uh, very quickly. Would you rather do it sooner or later? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the oath-taking is superfluous. We've signed our papers when we signed up to stand for the election. We made all our promises already at that time. To me, the, the, the oath-taking is, uh, is an unnecessary step. But if government feels that it's an absolute requirement to make our promises all over again, that we're going to act always in, in respect of the basic law, then why not do it when you announce to do it? I mean, I see no reason. I think it's, it's unnecessary to wait, but then also I think it's unnecessary to do it all. Across the border, an official says Beijing chose to build education and training centres in Xinjiang instead of new prisons, and its efforts to remove extremist thoughts from people's minds have, as he put it, turned ghosts into humans. Violet Wong reports. At a press conference, Xinjiang government spokesman Xu Guixiang rejected claims that Beijing is carrying out genocide in the region, saying the authorities have simply been helping brainwashed people avoid jail. They did not really understand what religion meant and could not tell what was legal or not, he said. Removing ideas of terrorism and extremism from the brains of those in the education centres converted them from ghosts to humans, Mr Xu explained. If we did things the Western way, we would simply have had to give them a prison sentence. But we think these people are also victims themselves, so we chose to educate and transform them, he said. A woman presented as a former teacher told the press conference that claims men in the centres have been abused and women sexually assaulted are nothing but lies. 
and everyone's rights were well protected. A man described as a former student said his life has improved greatly since he graduated from one of the centres. A shepherd has been hailed as a hero on the mainland after it emerged. He saved six stricken runners during an ultramarathon in which 21 other competitors died. Duke Herming was trending on Weibo three days after a 100-kilometre cross-country mountain race in the northwestern province of Gansu turned deadly in freezing rain, high winds and hail. Ju managed to escort the runners into a cave where he rubbed their hands and made a fire to keep them warm. He says he's just an ordinary person doing an ordinary thing. The exiled Belarusian opposition leader Svetlana Tikhanovskaya has called for further hard-hitting sanctions that isolate the regime of President Lukashenko over his treatment of a journalist. Roman Protasevich was arrested after his commercial flight was forced to divert to Minsk on Sunday. The United Nations Human Rights Office said his detention amounted to extraordinary rendition. Ms. Tikhanovskaya, who lost a presidential election last year widely seen as rigged, said there was no doubt the journalist had been tortured. The man is in the Minsk detention center number one. He said that he's being treated locally, but he's clearly beaten and under pressure. There is no doubt that he may be tortured. He was taken hostage, like 421 political prisoners and thousands of people who haven't yet been recognized as political prisoners, but are behind bars. To sports and in the NBA, NBA playoffs, the Milwaukee Bucks have doubled their lead over the Miami Heat in their first round series. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 31 points and Brian Forbes added 22, including six three-pointers. And the Bucks routed the Heat 132-98 to in Game 2 for a 2-0 series lead. Japan's chief cabinet secretary says Tokyo believes there's no change in support from the United States for holding the Olympics, despite issuing a do-not-travel advisory the day before. Separately, the Olympics minister, Tamayo Marukawa, didn't expect the US move to have any impact on the Games. American Olympic officials say they're confident their athletes will still be able to take part safely in the Tokyo Games, as the BBC's Will Grant reports. A new surge of coronavirus in Japan led the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to issue new guidance. Travelers should avoid all travel to Japan, said the CDC, adding even fully vaccinated travelers may be at risk for getting and spreading COVID-19 variants. The advice, however, is unlikely to affect any plans for Team USA to compete. Within hours, the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee clarified its intention to travel to the Games as planned, saying it felt sufficiently confident in the mitigation practices in place for its athletes and staff. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Tens of thousands of mainlanders and refugees are to be included in the government's vaccination programme. And the jury at the coroner's court rules as misadventure the death of a protester who fell from Pacific Place in 2019. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Got no bags and baggage to slow me down I'm traveling so fast my feet ain't touching the ground Traveling light, traveling light Well I just can't wait to be with my baby tonight No comb and no toothbrush 
I got nothing to hold. I'm carrying only a pocket full of dreams, a heart full of love, and they weigh nothing at all. Soon I'm gonna see that love look in her eyes. I'm a hoot and a holler away from paradise. Travel. Of course, travel in light. Our magical mystery tour continues, albeit a little quieter than the first hour together, that's for sure. Linda Ronstadt's Blue Bio. I feel so bad, I got a worried mind. I'm so lonesome all the time. Since I left my baby behind on Blue Bayou. Saving nickels, saving dimes Working till the sun don't shine Looking forward to happier times on Blue Bayou Feel better again. 